Moving back into the United States, there's not as many exotic, beautiful places as you would find traveling out of the country, but one place that everyone knows of and probably dreams about traveling to at least once in their life is New York, sometimes referred to as the Empire State and the biggest city. I'm Natalia Santinello, and this is from Places to Faces, a guide to a traveler's dreams. And I'm here to give you what you need to get a head start on really knowing about where you're going. I definitely didn't know any of this by heart, which is why I had to do a little bit of research. But if you think back to 5,000 years ago, New York definitely wasn't the same as it is today. Native Americans came to the area about 5,000 years ago. And thousands of years later, their descendants included Native American tribes. In 1624, the Dutch established a colony in New Amsterdam. What's now Manhattan Island, it was renamed New York after the British took control of the area in 1664. After the American Revolution in 1776, New York became a U.S. colony and then a state in 1788. I know there's some people out there that enjoy learning the history about a place before they visit or even move to that area, although this podcast is less about history and more about what there is and what to expect. New York City is home to 8.5 million residents, so never expect anywhere to be anything less than crowded or busy. I mean, even sidewalks have traffic rules you should definitely want to follow to avoid getting trampled. When in New York, climb to the top of the Empire State Building and look down on the city from 86 floors up. Climb 337 steps to the top of the Statue of Liberty. You can visit the Central Park, maybe even spot the filming of a show or a movie. There is never a dull dull moment when in New York. After doing some research on New York, I found out a few things that I think would be important to know before traveling there or even moving there. As I've said before, I would say some of the most important things to expect are that buses, ferries, and subways And, of course, walking are the ideal and most used forms of transportation in New York. So maybe try to get away from the driving your own car aspect of life for a while. Expect to be given a dress code for certain high-end places. New York is home to some of the most high-end companies, and they often can have strict dress codes on how to show up to work. Things like a dress code can also show up at a business or even just a bar or a restaurant. It wouldn't be insane either to see a casual spotting of a celebrity throughout your time in New York. The best way to go about it would definitely not be to run up screaming, taking pics, and asking for autographs like some crazy fan. I know you may actually be a huge fan, although my advice is to leave them alone and leave them in peace, even try to pretend they're not there if possible. 
This isn't LA and even celebrities attempt to fly under the radar unless going to something like a movie premiere or even a party. Everyone enjoys a good story, right? Hearing something crazy that happened and not even being able to imagine ever seeing or hearing about something like that from where you're from? You're in luck today because one person I know that is always, always telling questionable stories about his past in New York is a good friend of my family's, Chris. So I reached out to him to ask him a few questions today. Okay, can you tell me about your past in New York? Were you born there and raised, or how long did you live there for? I was born in uh, the hospital of Manhattan. Don't really know why we went to that hospital in Manhattan. It was a Jewish memorial, but uh, I grew up in the Bronx. The Bronx. Yes. <laughs> what the, was it like there? The Bronx, or the Bronx, as a lot of people say. <laughs> what was it like there? Growing up, it was... Basically, it was a apartment complex. I think it had about 12,000 apartments that they built for after World War II. People were having families that were expanding. Actually, uh, by today's standard, they would call it a project, but it was a place that was you had to have a lot of references to get in there. It was a desirable place to live. Uh, it was because there were so many apartments, there were tons of kids, so it, they had. Indian pageants and uh, parades when the Little League started, and it was it was a fantastic place because uh, you know growing up in a country is you know has its attributes, but when you have a lot of kids your age to to play with, you know your childhood is, is definitely a lot better because of that. Yeah, so you had a lot of things to do and stuff all the time. Tons of stuff to do. Uh, sometimes too many things to do because sometimes we. <laughs> kids run out of things to do they can get in trouble <laughs> and they actually had a private security because it, the, the buildings were built by uh, Metropolitan Life which was an insurance company and they had hired private security so we weren't allowed to even ride bicycles on the sidewalk and they had fences around the grass and because they had the mentality of an insurance company they were trying to keep it safe from anybody ever suing them and we had this private security that if you got caught riding a bike, they'd send a letter to your house. And so it got to the point where if you got caught, your mother would go like, why did you even give him a real name? You know, because kids should be allowed to ride a bicycle. So, you know, we'd give, we, as, as you get older, you, as, you know, parents will understand this, that uh, when kids hit their early teens, they get a little mouthy. So. The private security guys would ask our name, and we'd say names like Mickey Mouse and stuff like that. And you know, it was it was a, it became a joke, you know, because they yeah. really didn't have any real authority. But uh, you know, they, you don't realize is that they're trying to make the place a lot safer, and kids don't understand the bigger picture that you know they're trying to make it safe so people don't get hit with bicycles. But uh, it, it was it was a lot of fun. So we. we would just kind of do pranks just to keep the cops busy. Uh -huh. you know? But they were really like a private security <laughs> force. That's funny. Okay, um, do you still have family that lives there that you visit? Or friends? Um, not there in the Bronx. Uh, my dad, he just recently, he lived in the same apartment for over 50 years. So uh, 
you know, people had come and gone. I mean, I'd go back there, I'd probably recognize people. Um, as a kid, I'd deliver newspapers, so became friends with a lot, even the older people. Uh, but everybody since kind of moved on and uh, don't know very many people that live in the Bronx, if they have, they've moved out of that, that apartment complex. How different would you say people act here to compared where you grew up? Uh, two things that stand out. When I first moved here, I remember people saying that they would never drive to Chicago or drive in Chicago. I say that all the because time. Because they didn't like the traffic and, you know, growing up in that, that environment where things were always, you know, the traffic is a busy traffic pattern all the time. It kind of felt like if, if you can't drive under any condition, you really are not qualified to be a driver. And, you know, you, you should have to kind of get over your fears. You can't just avoid driving places, you know, things go on. The other thing is I, I kind of felt that growing up, like a, a lot of stuff that's going on now with uh, people having trouble with races getting along. When I grew up, it was white and black kids and we played Little League together and we were friends. And, you know, I, when I first moved here, I, I would say that I didn't think that a lot of people from here were as open-minded, but I think it's just a lot of being exposed to stuff. People are afraid of what they don't know. And, you know, if you grow up with uh, other cultures, you get to understand that. And, and every culture pretty much wants the same thing. So you just have to matter of being exposed to it. Wow. <laughs> Sounds very wise. What's the craziest thing you ever witnessed while you were there? The, the, the guy that uh, actually two kind of uh, groups that were kind of going against each other. Somebody had done something wrong to somebody who was a street thief, and I remember this guy, Steve, he uh, he was kind of a crazy looking guy. He, like, And when I say looking, I mean he had a look in his eye. And sometimes you kind of get a feeling about somebody that they're just, they're just not right. And uh, he had stabbed somebody and uh, I, I was like second guessing myself that that's what I saw. Uh, growing up, like I said, it was, it was a great place to live and then the neighborhood had changed. They, the people had sold the apartment complex to another interest and they started letting in a lot of, uh, a lot of Section 8 people and it was just a culture shock to where you know, people that, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, they're just impoverished people. They didn't have necessarily the same set of values or the same set of opportunities. And there was a lot of hostility. And, and that was really spoke to all of New York. Things had changed real fast and demographics changed. And, you know, people need time, I think, to be, to get acclimated to one another. And, uh, but what's unfortunate, sometimes people just stick to their closest, what they know, to their comfort level. They'll stick with their own set of friends rather than, than branch out. So there, there was a lot of fighting going on. Uh, I think when I was about 15, uh, I had a brand new bicycle. I had had it for a week and some guy knocked me off of it, stole it from me. And drugs were becoming more prevalent. So it went from really bad to really, really good to really bad fast, and 
Uh, by the time I was 16, I'd been mugged three times already. Oh my gosh. Was it like that in all of New York, do you know? Or just um, in certain places? It, in certain places, it's, just, it's like that in everywhere. You know, where, where there's a lot of money, there's usually a lot more police presence and, and you know, people that have money have m more political influence. So before things get bad, they'll put pressure on the people that need to, to, to correct it. Uh, one of the things with New York, they were trying to save money. Any big city, it's, you know, there's a lot of moving parts and it costs a lot of money to, there's always somebody that has a better idea to do stuff. And what they had done was instituted some plan to save money so they didn't spend so much money on police and fire and fire department. And the people that had influence made sure that their fire departments didn't get closed. And the people that didn't, those neighborhoods got neglected and buildings were burnt down. Uh, places like in Brooklyn, I remember visiting one time, as far as you could see, it looked like a war zone. All the buildings were burnt out and now things have turned around and like the average, I think the average home in Brooklyn is a million dollars. But I remember a time when it, you, it was just rubble as far as the eye could see. A million dollars yep. for like the, the average That's house. the average. That's crazy. Okay, and lastly, are there any like special traditions that you have from living there? Hmm. <laughs> or things you do on a daily basis that you picked no, I, up from I there? No, I mean, there's a lot of people that I'm still friends with. Uh, the first black kid that I knew moved into the neighborhood. He, he was the best man at my wedding. Uh, it was my birthday the other day. He called me up. We're, we're still best friends. So I, other than having a, a long-lasting friendship, you know, that uh, as a tradition, uh, I, I wouldn't replace that with anything. Okay. I think that's all the questions I have. Thank all right. you. Alright. What I've picked up on after that interview is that New York used to be a great place to grow up in until some changes occurred and it became pretty violent and also very dangerous. There's also some good aspects to New York, and don't get me wrong, I have only talked to one person that has been to a limited amount of New York, but from what I've heard from that, that is just my mindset that I'm getting. I think I've talked to most people, and they've always said that they visited New York City, and I can kind of start to see why now. I definitely still like to visit there someday and get a feel for it myself and try to take in the culture and what it's like in more places than just one throughout New York. Thank you so much for taking the time to tell me all of these very interesting things about New York and your life. That's all for this week's episode on From Places to Faces. I hope you New York lovers out there enjoyed. 
See you next time where I'll take suggestions on what place to talk about next.